Well, that, that was a way to start <laughs> a session. Let there be light. We will be bringing light into the darkness of your pricing world. Good morning. <laughs> I think one of the things that we found, uh, and Ben, you know, Ben's done this more than me, but I, I personally find out found is like you kind of default to different inputs about what how you should price, whether it's market rate or some internal idea of what's fair. And they can be very simple heuristics, like boom, okay, I don't have to think about it, it's all good. But if you're finding, and I like this this question that uh, Ben posed on a, a recent webinar we did for the like-hearted leaders community, is that if you're finding that you don't have enough month left at the end of your money, i.e. at the end of the month, you still feel like you're not essentially generating the right income for whatever quality of life you want to create, then there's something you want to do with your pricing. And maybe you want to increase it and you want to change it. And then how do you know what is the best price? How do you know you which where, where to stop, where to go? And that could be a bit scary and um, also very uncertain and, and you know also potentially triggering because then, oh, am I being greedy? Am someone going to reject me? All sorts of stories. You could, there are lots of ways that you can avoid something is by just kind of not ignoring it, not dealing with it, um, essentially just going with you know, the market rate or not pricing as powerfully as you want. Removing... Uh, or tackling, maybe is another way of putting it, is actively doing something about it. Whether that is learning how best to ask the right questions, which we're going to be talking about, or how best to think about other aspects around this this pricing question, that means that you can you have some agency around it. You know, one of the things that we're going to be doing at the end of the month is our happy pricing course. That is for people who want to actively do something about it. I think this idea, I think one of the reasons that people uh, talk about wanting to remove the, the guesswork from pricing is when we put a price to something, things it does feel uncertain, like we sort of talk about often. It does feel uncertain. It does feel kind of ambiguous. It does feel a little bit like guesswork. And that guesswork can make people kind of feel anxious. You know, is this too high? Is it too, you know, are they going to like it? Are they going to like me? Uh, all of these sorts of sort of associations and stories we tend to kind of load in uh, when we are at the point of putting a money on things, essentially in the context of, of this conversation. And um, this idea of wanting to remove the guesswork uh, is something that lots and lots of people come to the course with, a, a problem that lots and lots of people want to make go away. Uh, and as you were sort of talking about, you know, yes, a reason to kind of remove the guesswork, you know, might be because you want to increase what you earn. But equally, another reason to remove the guesswork might be because it feels too guessy, which feels a bit sort of anxious, makes me feel anxious, makes you feel anxious. And you want to feel less anxious in that process of selling your work. So setting the scene, I, I remember in agency times, just like either we would resort to kind of pricing our time. So oh, it's going to take us this many days. Is this, this is the day rate. We add them all up. This is how much it costs. And that's just based purely on us. This is what how much we thought it was worth based on how much we wanted to earn. And then giving that to the client and just hoping, hoping they would accept that. 
maybe we're against a bigger agency, maybe it might be cheaper than them. We're more expensive than a one-man band, but we're going to be more trustworthy. There's all these stories about, oh, this is, this is what's going to convince them to buy from us. One of the other ways, which I was kind of remembering as you were talking, which comes up a lot, this thing that people do, which, you know, I remember I have done and happens all the time. You know, we're writing a proposal and then we're just about to send it. And before we send it, we just quickly dive back into the proposal and we make it less uh, because we think somehow, you know, to talking to all the stories that you were talking to, that for some reason it needs to be us, or for some reason it was too much. And that, you know, is all of the anxiety about what we're doing is we're guessing. We're guessing that it is too much. We're guessing that we were more expensive than the one-man band, uh, but we were less expensive than the the big agency. It's all about kind of guessing. And that un- uncertainty, that unknowing is the kind of source of the of the anxiety. So I guess the, the first and most important point, and this sort of is stating the obvious in a way, is that it's always, pricing is always going to remain guesswork uh, until you start really engaging with your clients and customers about money. And still you really, until you get to the place where you are starting to talk about money, starting to talk about price. Uh, you know, what tends to happen is we avoid that because we don't really like talking about it. And while that happens, it's all guesswork. So the kind of sort of obvious but not necessarily most helpful way forward is it's going to remain guesswork until such time as we start practicing talking about money. So I think that maybe is a a big and simple but very clear caveat here is that um, practicing talking about money, and we've actually had this in the community recently, on Monday uh, some members were getting together to kind of share their own sort of money situations and talk very plainly around money. So having, I would say, just being aware of your aware your your relationship to, to money and how you talk about it is going to be a, a, a very key thing here. But given that, given that, okay, you're going to push through, you're going to go through the discomfort of uh, having to talk about money, what kind of conversations do you propose people start having? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, just one little thing I'd say on that. You know, clearly... What we're not saying is you need to sit down with your clients <laughs> and say, oh, you know, I do find it difficult talking about money because money was always a very tense thing when we were growing up and we didn't have enough and uh, my parents always argued about it. All of those things, which are the kind of source of our money stories, clearly we don't need to share those things <laughs> with our clients. So when we're talking about money, it's not, you know, really talking to clients about that. Uh, you know, what we are interested in you talking to clients about is actually you know, what is the value of the work to them? And by that, what I really mean is having some conversations, having some questions which start to point to the change that the client is wanting. Because whenever a client or customer is buying whatever it is that you do, it's because they want something to change. Your product, your service is a vehicle, is a means for them to make that change, for them to enjoy that change. And the more that we can know and understand, the better that we can know and understand uh, the change that they want to make, the less, of course, it is about us and the more that we start to understand what the value of the work is. And that does start to point to a conversation or it does segue to a conversation where you're starting to talk about money. Uh, And, uh, you know, the money might be simple things talking about their budget 
Uh, and of course, everybody, most of the time, they kind of dead bat that question. But it's the, these are the kinds of things, talking about budget, talking about how much they spent on previous projects, talking about what the value of the change will be for them. If you're selling to a company, it's because the company wants to change something. Equally, if you're talking to an individual, it's because the individual wants to change something. And so having some ways of sort of exploring what the value of those things might be, that's what we mean about talking about money and talking about price and talking about the amounts that they might want to invest, the amounts that they have invested on similar or sort of different things in the past. These are the ways to start talking about money because that is the thing which is pointing to what ultimately might become the prices that you will charge. The thing that's coming up for me is how to do that where it feels um, a authentic and be not slimy or manipulative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the word that's coming out for me is curiosity. Mm. It's like, how can you approach these conversations from a place of curiosity? And when I think of that word curiosity, it's like, on one hand, it's not like, oh, oh my God, I need to get exact numbers or something like that. But just thinking of open-ended questions, kind of exploratory conversations, ideally. Again, we're going to have a caveat here. This is this is an ideal situation where your customer is in a place to have these conversations and how you do that. Maybe we can talk about that more, but I think the other thing about curiosity is that maybe, and this is an interesting bit for me, is like maybe your customer doesn't even know or hasn't even thought that far as to how much the value, how much value they're going to get from working with you and giving that space to, to kind of coach them to some clarity, having those conversations where they start Maybe they have a budget, and this is the, what's going through. They got a budget. I've like, got this budget, but they don't realize how far that budget can only go, and they don't have maybe haven't realized how far they could go mm. working with you, and all the other things that you, they could be achieving that might open up more budget because they've they've just got a number. They oh that you know in the same way that we might do market rate, they might thought oh that's that's an average budget for doing this kind of work. So there's this element of actually, if you could get in that space of exploration as a, as a, um, maybe as a service, as, as a way of helping them get more clarity. So how can I get the most impact by spending a certain amount of money with you mm. or even just doing this work? And ultimately, this everything that we're talking about here, pricing is not an abstract thing. You know, pricing is the kind of product, if you like, of what we sell and how we sell it. And all of our intent, all of our work is you know, is about doing good work, doing useful work about making positive change for the clients and customers who we want to work with. And curiosity is the thing that kind of reveals what's important for them. So for you to be able to do the good work you want to do, the more curious that we are in how we approach them, the better. And it just so happens that the more curious we are also starts to reveal what's important to them from a kind of a, a money point of view, oftentimes. But the other thing that you, you raised, you raised a, a really good point, which was, uh, you know, what if the client doesn't know yet? And actually, I was doing a workshop yesterday for the CIPD, the professional development people, for lots of um, kind of uh, freelancers and independent consultants who are affiliated to CIPD. And someone asked that exact same question, actually, what if the client doesn't know? And uh, it is a good question, because in some respects, if the client is not really clear about the change that they want to make, if they're not really clear what it is that really needs to change as a consequence of doing the work, it might suggest they're not really at a point where they're ready to buy. 
uh, because we will only buy when we are clear, when there is a need that we want to, a problem that we want to solve, when there is something we want to change. And if the client is not really clear, and it may be revealed by being curious, it may be be revealed by asking these questions, that actually the client is not yet clear. It's still a bit murky. It's still a bit a bit muddy. It might suggest that the client is not yet ready to buy. And I think, you know, we talk about this on the course about buying something is fraught with uncertainty. And so if there's that level of uncertainty, uh, A, don't waste your time trying to like find the price because the customer probably doesn't even know what that, what that is for them, for them. But B, if you hate being a slimy salesman and conning people out of their money and convincing them to spend money when they don't want to spend money, then that's a clear signal. Like actually, they don't need to buy this right now. What they need help with is clarity. And for me, that's an opportunity to sell a service. Mm. I can help you if you can't if you don't want to buy this thing from me right now. What if we work together to get you to a point to reduce the risk of you whether you work with me, whether you work with someone else, of buying something that you really need, as mm. opposed to thinking I'm not sure. And maybe we'll talk to this a bit better, a bit more in terms of um, other things, other questions you might ask. But there's this element that they could be wasting a lot of their time talking to various suppliers and not being clear about why. Mm. And if you can, if through that curiosity, you realize that, then A, that's an opportunity to say, all right, maybe not sell right now. But B, an opportunity to say, actually, do you actually need some help? Yeah, I like that. I think that's absolutely right. Because, you know, ultimately, the work that we are all interested in, the people who are, you know, in your community, the people who sort of listen to this, everybody is well-intentioned. They want to do good, useful work. And what you just articulated there is good, useful work. Somebody's not quite clear about something, helping them get clear, helping them clarify would be a tremendously useful thing to do. And so for anyone who is a coach or a consultant who essentially their job is to ask useful questions and then to unpick the spaghetti of their client's mind to create some clarity. You're the you're the perfect salesperson. <laughs> you know, you're the, actually the most compassionate salesperson because you're doing them a service. And that's why I like the word curiosity. And it reminded me of Elizabeth Gilbert's definition of courage mm-hmm. of choosing curiosity over fear. Mm. And the way I position it here is like there's the fear of talking about money. You know, that's the thing that many people have. Like, ah, oh, feels icky. It feels triggering. It feels too much tied to my self-worth and all these other stories but if we could choose curiosity over that and that we need to help someone and learn more about them then maybe that's a way to start engaging with these simple but maybe difficult questions that we're proposing some of the other questions which we have sort of experimented with and we talk about on the course you know another one like what's the cost of not doing this uh, and the point with all of these questions, with curiosity, all of these, is is asking the question and leaving space for the the client to kind of reflect on it, leaving space for the the client to answer. Because this links back to what we we're sort of saying earlier, the thing that I was also referencing um, with my workshop yesterday, where a client may not know, but actually a client may just need a little bit of time to reflect on it, to to really kind of connect to what their motivation is, to connect to what their reason for doing it is. And so we we do need to create the space for them to be able to kind of to, to step into that, to grow into that. So yeah, this idea of what's the cost of not doing this work? What's the cost of not doing this coaching? What's the cost of not doing this website now? What's the cost of not doing whatever the what of what you do might be? And being quiet and letting them step into that that process. 
One of the other questions which came up with the CIPD people yesterday is, you know, should we ask if the client has a budget? Now, you should absolutely ask if the client has a budget because, you know, the whole thing with kind of pricing and all of these is that you're not really going to sort of, you know, the game, the goal is not, you are not manipulating people into paying money they don't want to pay. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, Ultimately, people do something because they want to do it and they pay what they think is the right value for it. All that said, so it is important to understand where their kind of level, where their level is. And so always asking if the client has a budget is 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 critical because ultimately that is suggesting, that is pointing to the, their price sensitivity. It is pointing to what it is that they want to pay. Now, you know, 99 times out of 99.5 times, the client will say they don't know what the budget is. Uh, because they're just they're trying to retain control over the the process. So they say they don't know, or it isn't set, or just tell us how much it costs, uh, or version of that that effect. Um, that is also can be a quite an uncomfortable, awkward conversation, which is oftentimes why people don't really ask about the budget. But a really helpful, useful thing to say in that instance is, okay, well, clients typically invest between X pounds and Y pounds for this type of project. Is that what you're expecting? Uh, now, the point with that is to give them a kind of X and Y range, which probably makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, i.e. it's kind of pushing you out of your comfort zone a little bit, just because what you're trying to see is how does the client respond? Uh, this has come up a number of times with companies that I'm working with, and we kind of have got them to 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 do this, to try this, and we've got them to say these numbers at levels which do feel quite a lot higher than they might typically go with, because we're trying to see how the client responds. Clearly, if the client falls off their chair, you know that the range that you've proposed to them is too high. But oftentimes, and I think this is one of the things which comes up often, is that actually for almost everybody that we work with, they do have scope to increase what they charge. They do have scope. Their their clients are willing to pay more uh, than they're currently paying them. Clearly not all of the time, but really often. And so by using this question, using exploring the conversation, being curious via this approach, you know, clients typically invest between X and Y. Is this what you're expecting? You will start to kind of surface what is important for the client, what their price sensitivity is. And that will start to point to you uh, what they might be willing to invest for different ways of engaging with you now. And the thing I'm picking up on there is like, even as a buyer, as buyers, we don't want to be conned. We don't want to look stupid and feel like we're spending more money than we need to. And the more you're able to help them be really confident that, yeah, that makes sense. Even if someone else is paying half as much as they are for the thing, they're able to really justify that, but I'm paying this much because of. And that's for me part of the whole curiosity thing. Like when you can really get into, you know, get to know them, their motivations, their drivers, all these things that Ben's talking about, and also come from a place of real, genuine curiosity rather than the manipulative, how can we get the number out of you? Then I think when you have that energy, then you're also building a relationship of trust. You're getting data for yourself, just generally for the next pricing conversation. You're practicing that whole process of asking really useful questions. It reminds me of our agency days, you know. And it also reminds me of a conversation I was having with uh, a woman called Tia May. She, she does kind of voice coaching. And we're talking about how to price emergent offerings in a world that is hooked on certainty. You know, what we are, so with her, with her voice, voice coaching work, even us with Vision 2020, I assume also with Andreas and his software work, it is an emergent process because it's such a complex 
thing that you're trying to do that you're not necessarily 100% sure where you're going to get to and you can't necessarily 100% guarantee the value it's going to create. So there's this, there is a difficulty of saying, you know, what is this going to turn into when it's a very new space? So when there's that level of uncertainty, it's like how do you combat that? And for me, when you're talking about one of the sort of a simple thing that I was going to is like, well, if you did nothing, what would happen? Mm. Because if you didn't choose uncertainty and you didn't experiment and you didn't follow this agile process of trying to exactly get to a point of more clarity, because if you don't do, you won't know. What if you didn't do anything? And what would it cost to your business or your life? You know, for instance, if for uh, coaching, like if I did not, if I didn't do this coaching, what would it mean for my professional career? Or you know, how would I? How would I think about that? You kind of mentioned 2020 program as an emergent process. And I guess the thing which I kind of think about in that context, whilst the outcome is unclear, the outcome is uncertain, the outcome is emergent, the motivation at the point of kind of purchase is clear. There is something that people are wanting to change, which is why they step into the process. And, you know, that thing we sort of talk about on the on the course, you know, people buying good feelings, but they're also buying solutions to problems. So, you know, with 2020, there is an aspect that, you know, that people are buying the kind of good feelings of wanting to spend time with uh, you, Lawrence and Lana. So there are aspects of that which shouldn't be kind of overlooked and there is value in that. But also there is something that they want to change. There is a problem that they want to solve. And it, you know, it might be a kind of it might be a felt thing. It might be a discomfort. It might it might be a kind of tangible thing that there is, you know, that there is, that there is a need to launch something new. But the more that we can sort of explore and understand what is going on for them, what is that is that kind of motivation? And I appreciate this. This can only really be done when you're selling a relatively sort of uh, you know when it is customized. There is a relatively sort of small audience. But the more that we understand that that point, we more that we understand that feeling that they want to go away. That is the kind of the kind of entry point to explore the kind of curiosity to explore explore the value. So the outcome can always be emergent. The amount the outcome can be unclear. The point the the the, the important point is where are they now? What is that feeling that they want to change from this to that? And I think this is where it all comes down to for the whole theme of this conversation is you can assume and you can guess what that might be, or you can engage in a conversation. And, and follow this real, um, I think this real, real need to help. Mm. You want you want to help them uh, and you want to know what is the best help. You're not trying to uh, just sell yourself and say, oh, please take me, please take me. It's like, what is it that you really need help with? And how can you have those conversations in the most, I think, efficient, not inefficient in terms of like a process, but an efficient way you get to the nub of the matter as soon as possible, as opposed to, either sitting back and doing nothing and just throwing a number at someone or having conversations that feel a bit clumsy and don't, you know, feel a bit awkward and you don't really immerse yourself into it. And that's practice. Yeah. We can tell you as much as possible right now, you need to do this and this is a simple way to do it. But unless you actually practice this and you find a way of doing it where you feel safe for doing it and you have some guide ropes or someone to guide you, then there's a good chance that in the spirit of our conversation, doing nothing will cost you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so any final thoughts, Ben? Maybe a, a word of hope for, for people <laughs> to leave this and feel like, yes. I think curiosity. I like. You know, I think you, you've offered the word of hope for the day. Let's make this a curious adventure. 
It need not feel kind of onerous or stressful or anxiety inducing. Let's find the way into this, which kind of, which touches that curiosity instinct. Uh, so one of the things we do in Vision 2020, which I think if you want to, if you want to tap into that curiosity and compassion, and it's a bit of a weird exercise, but you could do a quick one, is write a love letter to your customer. It's like thinking about the people that you would, the person you'd really love to work with uh, or the decision maker. And really think of some of that you really care about and you really want to have the best for them. And it's right as if you're talking to them as a friend or even as a loved one. Uh, and all the things that you would wish for them to get you into that mind space of curiosity and compassion. Maybe that will help overcome some of the, oh, I don't want to be too pushy or I don't want to start flogging something that maybe they don't want. Because all you want is the best for them. So hopefully taking that approach and a more happy purpose-driven approach rather than a slimy let's make loads of money approach so money in itself is not bad if anything that anything that we said today felt useful and you would like to put this into practice and actually make things happen uh, in your pricing world just check out the course we can we can get back to you and see if it's really a fit for you catch you later thank you bye bye bye